Okay, let's do it. Okay, so basically here's our plan. Listeners, here's the plan. We are going to announce the winners. We're going to draw the raffle live on air um, of the Dogman prizes from last week that we talked about. Um, we had 14 entries into the raffle. Very excited. And we're going to see, we are going to pick out four winners. There will be four winners out of 14. And then we're going to say goodbye for the week. And you can listen to our interview with Jeff Swampy Marsh, the co-creator of Phineas and Ferb, a TV show. And sorry, and and sorry to 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 the to the ten people who 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 didn't win anything. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Sorry to those ten people. Better luck next time. You'll have better luck next time. Okay, here we go. All right, here I got all of the entries. All right, sons. Do the honors. All right, for the winner of the blanket. The winner the, of the blanket. The plush throw, 46 inches by 60 inch blanket. Dogman blanket, super soft. Is Bear Bookman. Hey! Woo woo! By the way, we don't need to ship it because we know him. All right. Okay. The winner of book number one, a signed Dave Pilkey copy, copy of Cat Kid Comic Club, written and illustrated by Dave Pilkey. It is Caleb! All right, from Teaneck, New Jersey. <laughs> All right. Coming your way. Um, the winner of the second signed copy of Cat Kid Comic Club is... Let them pull this thing. And let's see. I dropped one. I have to pick it up. It is... Alex! Hey, Alex S. From Sharon Mass. All right. And the final... Final winner will be for the copy of Dogman Mothering Heights. Signed by Dave Pilkey. Signed by Dave Pilkey. Ooh, yeah, yeah. This is the newest Dogman book out. I've only read three chapters so far. It is. I read the whole book, by the way. Ashel! Ashkol K! Ashkol K! Okay! Alright! And that is our raffle! And that's our raffle! Alright! Sorry to your ten, to your ten people, especially, especially, sorry to to Benny. He's he's a big fan of Dogman. Yep. Sorry. Hopefully, we'll do another raffle. Thank you again <laughs> to uh, thank you again to Dave Pilkey Graphics Books and P Scholastic Publishers Woo! for sending us this uh, free stuff to give away. Please got to give away. Go, yeah. go check out Dogman, available uh, anywhere where they sell books. And now, without further ado, enjoy our interview with Jeff Swampy Marsh. Duh! So this will be the, this is the sunny version, okay? Okay, so one, two, three, four, there's 104 days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe the 
building a rocket or fighting a mummy or climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Da -da -da -da, discovering something that doesn't exist. Or giving a monkey a shower. Da -da -da -da, seven tidal wave. Creating nanobutter. Looking for Frankenstein's right of. It's over here. Finding a turtle bird. Painting a cotton Driving us to insane. Videos. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff to do before turtles are this far. Come on, Perry. Just because I can't finish it, I'm gonna do it all. Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a title sequence. Maybe it's like a thing in Hollywood. Oh, yes. I made it. Thank you for waiting. You're my fourth Zoom in a row. So the fact that I'm only this late is actually kind of remarkable. So thank you so much. No, are you kidding? It's uh it's our pleasure. <laughs> How you guys doing? Great. Great. Um, I love your backdrop. Love the guitars and everything. I moved. I moved in when when all of this kicked off. I moved into what used to be my upstairs den slash music room, which is really nice because it means whenever I'm in between meetings or a little bit bored, I can just play. Oh. <laughs> Which makes me very happy. This is, you know. So I, do I you do you write the songs on the show? It, it looks like you're a musician. Yeah, uh, we wrote all the songs for Phineas and Ferb between Dan and I, Martin Olson, or a combination of any of our writers. There was probably 10 different people we used to write with regularly, but almost all of them were Dan and I, so. Sonny, do you want to say hi? Um, Sonny over here had prepared some questions for you. Cool. I hope I get all the answers right. <laughs> well, okay. Why don't you say hi? Say hi. Hi, how you doing? Good. Excellent. Are you a little starstruck, Sonny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're meeting your hero. We watch I like Sadie's hero. Yeah. We watch Phineas and Ferb all day. Um I I I I mostly do brain out all day, but my sister usually watches watches Phineas and Ferb all day. My sister oh, your sister needs to do more and more schoolwork. That's clear. <laughs> well school is done. Oh, okay. Phew. Because you know, I don't want to get in the way. We go, we go to we go to we go to Shas and it's and it's a and it's an impression school. Oh, cool. It's a school that we, we go to and it's in person. Not Excellent. It's not Zoom. Nice. Oh, you're very lucky. 
Go ahead. Why don't you, uh, yeah. So question number one. Let's start with the questions. Question number one, not to be like rude or anything. Why is your, why is your name Swampy? That's not rude at all. Well, my last name is Marsh, which is a name for a soggy piece of earth, a soggy ground, which is also a swamp. But I got the nickname when I was living in England back in 1980, Ooh. long before you were born. Well, the, people, the people that I worked with decided one day that it would be funny to call me either Boggy Marsh or Swampy Marsh. And I, I, I got a little bit irritated one day that anybody would call me uh, Boggy. I thought Boggy was just an awful name. Um, so I had a bit of a rant and I was like, nobody calls me Boggy, Boggy is stupid. <laughs> and so the next day when I went to work, everybody made a point of saying, hello, Swampy. And I've been Swampy ever since, which I used to be an executive in a computer company that we made computer accessories, which having a nickname when you're an executive is kind of hard, but when you work in cartoons, having a nickname is great. And it's better than Boggy. I, I'll give you Much that. better than Boggy. Way better than Boggy. <laughs> so that's why I'm swampy. Great. Question number two. Why is most why is most characters in Phineas and Ferb drawn in drawn in only two dimensions? Well, the the original drawing of Phineas was something that Dan did when he was at a restaurant and they have those paper tablecloths and a you know a little can of crayons. And Dan and I had been trying to create a show together for a while. And one day he was just doodling at the restaurant and he made a triangle. And he's just, oh, I wonder if I could make a character out of a triangle. And he played around with it for a while. We still have those drawings, the first drawings of Phineas. Wow. And he was like, that looks really cool. And then he brought it in the next day and he was like, I think this is our character. And I just thought it was really cool. I'd never really seen anything like it. And we work in 2D animation. We don't do 3D, you know, like Pixar. So everything we do is kind of illustrative, like an illustration, the way we draw. And it was all based on geometric shapes. Phineas is a triangle. Ferb is like a cylinder or an elongated rectangle. I never realized rectangle. that. I know. Perry is like a loaf of bread. Candace is a half circle with a neck. Isabella is like a, a D turned on its side. So all of our basis for our main characters was these geometric shapes. And so that tends to work best in 2D. And then we thought it was kind of funny. Like if you'll notice Ferb. I see Perry in the background over there. I feel the Perry doll. Yeah, <laughs> Perry. Um, Ferb. It's very funny. Here, I'll do this really quickly. I think he's drawing something. Swampy, you've got something up your sleeve. He's drawing something. He's 
for you. Okay, so if you take a look at Ferb. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You see how one eye is bigger than the other eye? Yeah. Okay, and Ferb, the biggest eye is always the one that's farthest away from the camera. Interesting. So the one that's farthest away from you is always the biggest one. So when he turns, the big eye is here, the little eye is here. When he turns, it goes like that and it switches. My God. And you can only that. do that in 2D because you have to be able to draw it. But it means there's a moment in the middle that doesn't really work <laughs> like it should. And it's the same with Phineas. If you look at Phineas straight on, Phineas, Phineas tends to look like a fish. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't great. So we tried to make sure that we never showed Phineas looking straight ahead for too long. But if you freeze frame and go frame by frame, you'll see some pretty strange drawings of both Phineas and Ferb. Cool. Next one. Okay. You know, you know the the age that you first started drawing, and what did you draw? I do. I was in first grade. I was four years old, and I looked at the. There was a, a kid sitting next to me, who was drawing airplanes. And I looked at him doing it and I thought, oh, I want to figure out how to do that. And literally that was the moment I started drawing and doodling almost all the time. And I was lucky. I've had some teachers who understood and let me draw and doodle during class because the truth is if I'm drawing and doodling, I can listen to anything and I can remember everything. But if I'm not, I get distracted. My brain wanders. I look out the window. I fall asleep. I, my imagination runs away. And I can't hear or remember anything that the teacher is telling me. So that doodling occupies a part of my brain that allows the rest of my brain to listen. And I did have some really great teachers who understood that. And after having a conversation, let me doodle. And I always did better in those classes. Um, it keeps my brain from wandering. But as a result, I'm drawing almost all the time. And that is what I've learned since is really the secret to learning how to draw is just doing lots of drawings. It's not doing good drawings. A, 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 a wise man once told me, everybody has 10,000 bad drawings in them. Your job is to get them out of you as soon as possible. <laughs> that is why. So if you want to learn how to draw, draw more. And don't worry if they're bad. Lots of them will be bad. They're terrible. Throw your erasers away. Just keep drawing. And I have mountains of books and notebooks and pieces of paper and napkins. I draw on everything. Still do. Love that answer. Thank you. 
what I want to say about that is literally, I could really relate to that. Do you draw? I, I literally doodle all the time. I can't help myself. Yep. And you'll, you'll, if you're, if it's something you do that helps you concentrate, you need to make sure that as you go forward in school, you have that conversation with teachers. And I had one teacher was the first one who told me, you can keep drawing as long as when I call on you, you know the answer. <laughs> or even if you don't get it right, it has to be clear that you're still here. You're paying attention. in class. But it meant I got to have that conversation with teachers and some of them understood and got it, but have that conversation and let them know. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I, just, I know what we're talking about the next PTA conference. <laughs> it's true. If, if you want to use my name, I will happily vouch. Okay. <laughs> and it, there's now a lot of studies that show it's true. I feel the same way about um, stacking poker chips. So I have on my desk over here, I have these poker chips and I, I have to fidget with them with my fingers and it just helps me keep myself occupied. So I can yeah. relate too. It occupies a part of your brain that, that needs to be busy so that the rest of it can listen. He's obsessed with poker. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to ask Swampy another question? What was your favorite TV show when you were a kid? Um, I loved watching cartoons. I liked all the old, like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, the old Warner Brother cartoons. But one of the, 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 the shows that still continues to be the most inspiring for me was a show called Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh. created by a guy named Jay Ward. And it was the first time I remember feeling like the person who made the cartoon wasn't talking down to me, wasn't dumbing it up because I was a kid. There was references in there that were funny that I didn't necessarily understand, but I felt like the, the guys who created the cartoon were treating me like a person. And that's what I tried to do with Phineas and Ferb is we agreed that we would never cut a joke or a line because somebody said it would be over the kids' heads. It's like, you don't get to do that. Kids are smarter than you think. And it's okay. There will be a joke, you know, all different kinds of jokes, simple yep. jokes, big jokes, complicated jokes, but we're still going to put jokes in there about existentialist philosopher trading cards and that's okay because it's okay if mom and dad laugh or grandma and grandpa laugh and that's, a, that's how i feel the about thinking in the room says why is that funny and then you can have a conversation and so that's why we always kept smart stuff in but that's what i thought that rocky and bullwinkle did Oh, this is great. I feel that way about Pinky and the Brain. Just um, that was my that was exactly. my TV show as a kid. Um, great example. Here, here, here comes the big one. Uh oh. Are whales fish? What? Are whales fish? They're cetaceans. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Come say hi. 
We were thinking of are they fish or are they mammals? Which one? They're cetaceans. That's a new one, Swampy. Yeah. We never heard that one. New one! New one on the board! Baby, say hi. Dolphins. Hey, how you doing? Dolphins, I, dolphins are mammals. I've always just believed that whales were cetaceans and, and their own kind of crazy. I was, I was on a sailing trip with my son the summer before he went off to college and we took three weeks and we just sailed up and down the coast into all the islands off of California. It sounds amazing. And we saw so many whales up close that after a while it got boring. To where I go, hey, Django, my son's name is Django. Django, there's a whale. He'd go, yeah, yeah, I'm making a sandwich. <laughs> you saw, so, because we were right in the middle of whale season and they were everywhere, but they're very cool. If you've ever had one roll over and look at you, it's a little creepy in a great way, but it's just- I feel like you're saying that they're not, not fish. They do things different than fish. Hey, they're they're breathing air. They don't have gills. Hmm. They have live birth. They're not laying eggs. This so is in a, many ways they're mammals, but they are classified as cetaceans. This is a big uh, argument between ha, Sunny and myself. Ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. So, cetacea or cetaceans are are aquatic mammals constituting the infraorder cetacea. Key characteristics are fully aquatic lifestyle, streamlined body, uh, large size, and carnivorous diet. If you have a fully aquatic lifestyle, that's a fish. What other- Definitely not a fish. It's not full of lifestyle. Then I'm gonna go with cetacean. All right. <laughs> You're like How the only one on your side. The only one. I'm going to stick to my guns. Sometimes you got to stick to your guns. And it also depends on whether you're talking scientifically or philosophically. Philosophically. Philosophically, they're fish. Thank they you. The water. There we go. But scientifically, not so. And I was talking scientifically. I was talking scientifically. Okay, but this is coming from an expert whose name is Swampy. I mean, it's already it's got the connotation of water already in there. I I am oh, I am almost. I, I surf enough that I am almost. Hold on, Swampy's talking. Almost a cetacean. I am. I think probably the majority of my time is spent in the water. Ooh, are you surfing? Swimming? Surfing. Surfing. Oh. Very cool. Um, Swampy, I want to be respectful of your time. How much um, How much time do we have? We have a few more questions, but... Technically two minutes, but let's get through them. Come on. Okay, two minutes. Sonny, you got to pick, you got to pick like your, your the, the one question that you want to ask. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. What's your favorite recurring joke on the show? Your favorite recurring joke on the show? Um, to me, it's the it, it would have to be the giant floating baby head. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. It's good, and it, it doesn't make any sense. 
and it 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 happened for a very strange reason. And so can you explain it to me? I I haven't okay. seen it. There's a guy. There's a guy who works on our show called Mike Diedrich. He was one of our storyboard artists and writers. And we were doing our first Halloween episode, and we told Mike to do in animation what we used to call a hallway gag. And it's a hallway with things running in and out of doors. Oh, I see it. And we just said, I don't know, just draw whatever you want, draw stuff that scares you. And when it came back, there was all these things running across the hallway and in and out of doors. And one of them was a giant floating baby head. And we're watching the animatic and all of a sudden we stopped. It's like, that's a floating baby head. <laughs> and the question was, Mike, what's up with the giant floating baby? Is that what scares you? And he just went, yeah, they're terrifying. <laughs> but it was so funny to us that at the end of the show we brought it back and have candace saying and what is you know giant floating baby head what is up with that which was what we felt about mike right and then unbeknownst to us we didn't write it in anymore all of our writers and storyboard artists started putting the baby head in different shows just hearing <laughs> And we just embraced it and thought it was funny and we loved it. And we kept putting them in because it made us laugh. And we have no idea why. I have, I have no idea why that happened. No idea. I love it. Um, Swampy, what's your favorite charity? Uh, it, I, um, I'm on the board and have been working with and I'm a volunteer with and I run all the water safety for a group called A Walk on Water. You can find them online, www.awalkonwater.org. And we do surf therapy for special needs kids and their families. And we take them out um, surfing. Wow, that's amazing. It's, it's an amazing thing. We do it um, four events, maybe five next year on the East Coast and the rest of them are all West Coast. We do an event in Mexico. And I think once the COVID lifts, we're gonna uh, eventually have a, another event in Hawaii. But we take um, kids on the autism spectrum, um, literally, you know, anything, muscular dystrophy, anybody who we can safely get out in the water. And it apparently, according to all the parents, uh, has a remarkable impact. Amazing. Kids, uh, we've had kids who've said their first words after an event ever. Wow. I had a parent who, See, I get choked up when I talk about it. A parent tell me that the first conversation he ever had with his son was after uh, an event where his son went surfing. That's beautiful. So that's my charity and that's what I do in my spare time. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm, uh, we will make a donation in, uh, in your honor to a walk on water. Well, I could not, literally could not thank you enough for anything you could do for a walk on water. Okay, and any of our listeners, if they're listening, should should uh, please please donate and help. And speaking of our listeners, you could be you you're gonna be heard across the entire globe. That seems scary. <laughs> it, Literally, I mean, we should ask permission though. Is that is it okay if we use the audio? Fine. Okay. 
Thank you so much. Anything you want to do with this interview, you're more than welcome to do. Thank you so much for reaching out and having patience with my schedule and for asking really good questions. Oh, thank you so much. Quickly, last cameo, the newest fan, newest fan. Yo, what's up, dude? <laughs> he's a uh, he's it's, two months old it's so it's so amazing to have you here hi i'm kayla i'm the mom hi kayla how you doing i'm this is this is like i'm starstruck right now and you're also you're a musician yeah, yeah. wow yeah. did you get into that okay good i'm so glad i can't wait to see the, the i can't wait to see the, the film thank you thank you so much you guys be well say thanks son. sunny say thank you Thanks so Sunny, much. Virtual handshake. It's nice to meet you. Give me a little thank you very much. <laughs> I love it. Take love care. It. Bye, Swampy. Bye, Bye, guys. Be well. You too. Dad, do it. Okay, here's here's the dad version, okay? Dad version. okay These are all the words that I know. There's 104 days of summer vacation and school comes around just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is figuring out how to spend it. <laughs> like maybe building a rocket ship and blasting off to the moon, climbing up the Eiffel Tower, or giving a monkey a shower. As you can see, there's a whole lot of me and so something insane, Phineas. Hey, where's Perry? So we're gonna do it all. Mom, Phineas is forever making a title sequence. <laughs> that is the complete opposite of what he did. No, he did a good job. It was funny. It wasn't that bad. Was it that bad? Do it again. <laughs> See, you liked it.